make our confession, I want to share this with you because it goes along with this song. I'm telling you, the, the service on Wednesday night, we shared a little bit about speaking the things that you believe. Say, say, say it like you believe it. I mean, if God told you, if God told you, he's going to have to do that. He has put himself on the line. But don't give up and don't give in. And don't stop saying it, no matter how crazy it might sound, no matter how wild it might be. Say, say, say it like you believe it. Amen. That's a word for you, I'm telling you. That's a word. Not just what's written here, but what he speaks to your heart. You can get that CD from that message. You can find it online. But my wife and I, you guys have been standing with us and agreeing with us over the last bunch of years. Daniel's a junior at Purdue. He's finishing up his junior year. And we didn't have any money just like you many times. You know, like, man, our kids were getting older and he was headed to college and we hadn't saved any money. You know, I mean, we, we've just tried to, to give like God told us to give and, and just be led by the Spirit. And when I came down to it a couple years before he started school, a year and a half before he started school, said, God, you've got to give us some kind of word because Elizabeth was saying, how are we going to pay for school? And I said, I don't know. So I asked God, <laughs> if you don't know, ask God. Amen. If you do know, ask him, make sure that's him. Because <laughs> you want to be sure. Because when you're sure, see, you can say it like that. And he said, I'll make a way where there is no way. And you know the story. I've shared it before. He has, you know, for, for three years now. I mean, he has made a way. $30,000, he's made a way where there seems to be no way. We didn't get an extra job. We didn't do anything else. We've actually given more than we've ever given before. And, and, and we just keep saying what God said, writing it on our envelope, believing it. Man, we're not just doing something just because, man. We just, it's on the inside because if we don't have this, we are going down. And if you don't have maybe what you're asking God, he's speaking something to you. You just keep saying, God, I need you, I need you, I need you. I know you're going to come through. This is what you told me. You'll make a way where there is no way. And then my little princess, she wanted to go to Butler. God love her heart. That's $42,000 a year. And uh, his whole college for four years is only 40. So when he let her know, that's four, that's, that's like, that's, all, that's my whole four years in that one year. I think she told him, I'm four, year, I'm four times smarter than you, so it's going to cost more or something. I don't know. That's not true. He's a smart kid. But uh, how many of you know, I mean, we said God will make a way where there is no way, and that was for $10,000 a year, and God has continued to do that. But I went back and said, God, I need something new. I need something else. I, I, our faith has grown. Because when you come back to God, he said, what I said? I said, you told me you wouldn't, you have. But I, I need to hear from you again. See, go back and ask God. Because see, when you know it, see, when you know it and you have it, then you can say it. You can say it like you believe it because he promised you, he told you, it's going to happen. How? I don't know. When? At the right time. And as I prayed, said, God, i got to have something. And he spoke into my heart, Lily Scholarship. The Lily Foundation Scholarship. It's a full ride, four-year deal, you know, and it's everything, man. I mean, it's, it's like, it's great. I, I didn't really know what it was. I'd filled out a couple rec letters in my years as a teacher, and so I went to the Internet, man. I looked it up. I found out what it was, what it was about, and then I went to my, our daughter, and I said, Rachel, I think this is God. I think this is, I think God's, I think this is for you. So I don't know what to do. I don't know how to tell you to do this, but you need to go talk to your guidance counselor every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> every day. You know, and finally after about a week, she was like, I figured it out. I said, no, no, you don't understand. You can't tell me in January the deadline was in December. I mean, I know I really feel like this is, this is for you. I don't know how, I don't know why, where, what, when, but I'm just telling you, you got to do this. And then we began to speak it. We began to write it down. We began to say it. We began to put, I mean, I, that sounds odd, you know, when it's August and September, October, November, whenever that was, man, you, this sounds odd, you know, that how are you going to pay, you know, how, that, that would always come up. It came up a little bit with him. It came up a lot when it was 42G a year. And uh, we kept saying the same thing. 
God's going to make a way where there is no way. And this little scholarship, I just kept saying, I believe this is for her. Every time the door looked like it wouldn't be, I just I shut that door, man. I don't want to hear that. I opened up the good door that was confirming those things were in my heart. Elizabeth's on board. We're speaking and saying those things. And then God said to come in here. If you remember, God told me to come in here and share it with all you on a Wednesday or a Sunday night. And I said, okay, God, that's serious. That's, that, that's, that's, that, that really is serious. Because <laughs> now it's not just me us doing it in our house. See, that's getting past that. I mean, that's us saying this to the church, to the congregation saying, this is what God has told me. I believe this is what he said and what he shared. <clears throat> I said, God, I'm going out there, man. I mean, that's, this is putting you on the line. I mean, if that, and he said, what'd I say? So you, you told me that. I said, well, then speak it. Speak it. Okay. I'll speak it. And so I speak it <laughs> to all of you. First service, second service, Wednesday night, whatever that was, I speak it. I let it out and said, "This is. I'm just telling you right now, this is what God said. I'm, I'm not putting me on the line. I'm God's on the line because He told me. I know He told me." And she was a finalist at the time, you know, for the scholarship, and so we were all very excited. But the finalist doesn't pay the bills, <laughs> you know. It's just because you're close doesn't make it. Just got to be like the thing. And this week on Tuesday, she called me. And she was crying, and you know, when, when babies cry, she's my girl. And uh, no matter the fact she's 17 or almost 18, she's still my baby. And she was crying. I said, honey, honey, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she said, I got the scholarship. They called me today. And they told me I won. I won, Daddy. And I'm all excited. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing like that, man. We're all jumping around in here. It was like the last two hours of the day, there wasn't a lot done around here because there was a lot of rejoicing going on. Everybody's jumping up and down and... Elizabeth called and said, I don't know if I should laugh, cry, or dance, or what. And I said, well, all that's happening here. So just join in at home, wherever you are, you know. But I, I, but I had to feel okay about not being surprised. I was excited. But I wasn't surprised. Because God said. I did look up, though, and say, God, thanks. You're really good. And he said, what I tell you? See, what did he tell you? What did he speak in your heart? Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was something like this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is for you in your life. But I do know if he spoke that, if he put it in your heart, if it's in there, say, say, say it like you believe it. Don't, don't, don't start getting shy. Because the devil will tell you to be quiet. He'll tell you to be shy about it. He'll tell you not to say this, not to do that. Don't write that down. That's silly. And what he'll do is he'll talk you right out of the thing that God told you he was going to do. Don't let the devil do that in your life. Say it like you believe it. Amen. Every day, all the time, there were plenty of reasons why that wasn't going to work. There were plenty of thoughts that came into my head that said, what if, what if, what if it doesn't happen? I don't go where what if is. I only got when it does. It's going to be glorious. And that's for you in your life too. God's no respecter of persons. What he spoke to you, put in your heart, you hang on to it, you speak it, you believe it, you don't go back on it, you're going to see it happen in your life amen a house full of great testimonies of what god's doing amen you see that isn't that good huh take your word let's lift it up this morning Woo! we only we have to like take an extra service start meeting on thursdays for testimony night you know and we'll all want to come i want to share with you a little bit here over the next few weeks uh, uh, about passion you know easter's coming it's just about four weeks away from now four sundays from now easter and palm sunday three sundays and you know, that we, we know the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and the fact that, that God so loved the world. He had such a passion. 
He had such a passion for us, his creation, his people. He, he, had, he had such a, such a, there's such a thing on, I mean, it's just like on the inside of him, he loves us so much that he would hold nothing back that he would give his son to die on the cross for us, to allow his son to be kicked and beaten and spit on and scratched and whipped and torn up, nailed to a cross and all of those things. Because he loves you. See, there's a passion. There was something on the inside of him. He loved you so much that, there was, that he was going to pay whatever price. He was going to pay whatever it cost. And so over the next few weeks, I want to share a little bit about passion. Passion in your life for what God's called you to do. Passion for the things that he's put you in this earth for. And is that passion alive on the inside of you like it is on the inside of our Father? I mean, he sent Jesus, died on the cross, all that's done, taken care of. And, he, and you know, he loves you. He, he still has that kind of passion for you, even though you make mistakes. He still has that kind of passion and that love for you, even though we mess up. Even though we turn away and we don't ever receive him, he still has that same heart and it still breaks the same way for the person who loves him and who's here today in church and the person who's walking away and saying, I'm not doing any of that. He's got a passion on the inside. What's the passion that God's put on the inside of you? I'm using a little bit, I guess, I'm talking a little bit out of the book that Matthew Barnett wrote, The Cause Within You. And uh, it's now all over the place. It's, you know, it's, 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 just, it's on all the lists and all the charts. And, you know, it's, it, it's just a, a book that's really, really uh, insightful. It's insightful. If, if you don't know what that passion is, if you don't know what that cause is, if you're not sure what that thing is that God's put in your heart, this book's pretty insightful. He helps you begin to go through the process of discovering that in your life and asking God and seeking his face and finding out what it is that he has for you and, and understanding and learning about that passion that's on the inside of you, that cause, that cause that's there. Not just to be a dentist or a doctor or, a, you know, work at a store or do something over here or, you know, not just to be a salesman or not just to be a father or mother, but that thing on the inside of you that like wells up, makes your, your eyes water and that thing that causes you to say, I got to do this no matter what. I think, it's, I think it's encouraging for those of you who may even know that kind of thing. You say, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I know that. I've written it down years after years. I mean, I kind of have an idea of what those things are and I think it's encouraging because it, then, then it helps me say, come on, you can keep doing it. You know, over the years, sometimes we get not beat down, but sometimes, you know, you get a little knock here and a little knock there and after a while you kind of I know that's God and I'm giving it a shot, but boy, is this even doing anything? This book will let you know you're doing something. Come on, don't give up. And I think it's really good for those of us who just decided, you know what, I knew it was one day, but man, forget it. I just put it on a shelf because it just isn't happening. Well, this book will make you go to the shelf, get it back off the shelf and go back through that thing and open you up. The first part I want to share over the next couple of weeks, the first part is the gift of inconvenience. <laughs> You know, your passion opens up a place in your life where you have to walk. You have to walk in the gift of inconvenience. Because the inconvenience is a line, as we discuss and talk here over the next few minutes, the inconvenience is a line that we draw many times that says, I'm going to do all that God wants me to do. I'm going to be all that he called me to be in my office, at work, or with my kids and my family, or at church, and what they've, they've called, been called to do, and I've been called alongside as part of the vision, and whatever it is in my neighborhood or in my family, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be all that God called me. I'm going to follow after this passion and this cause that's on the inside of me until it, until it means I've got to cross this line of inconvenience. See, that we kind of stay on this side of the line and we try to be all those things, but we don't want to go past. We need to have a gift of inconvenience in our life that it doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter what the cost is. It doesn't matter what it means to us. It doesn't matter what people might think. See, we get past all of those things that begin to stop and hold us over here and we go past inconvenience into everything that he has for us. 
So I'm not trying to step on your toes today. My toes have been stepped on for the last couple of weeks. So I haven't been trying to throw any rocks at your house. My house is all beat up with rocks. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've been in your shoes and sitting in those places. But a, a, as you get to go through it first, maybe as the pastor, it's, it's a lot easier to stand up here and say, this is where we're going and this is the greatest thing ever. But, you know, two weeks ago, I was sitting there going, come on, God. But, you know, it's the cost. Come on, God. It takes so much time. Come on, God. Surely, surely I... You learn to get out of yourself, and you get into who he is and all that he has for you. And I think people hold back for different reasons, and maybe we'll talk about those for a little while. The word inconvenient means not easily accessible or at hand, inopportune, untimely, and not suiting one's needs or purposes. Not suiting your needs or your purposes, but suiting someone else's. See, it's getting past where you are, not about what you need, not about your purpose, not about what's going on the inside of you, but taking care of the needs and the purposes and the things inside of other people. See, it's, uh, it's inopportune. It's just not the right moment, God. Have you done that? You know, you're going down this thing, and all of a sudden God says, share this, speak this, do this, and you're like, not right now, maybe later. See, I'm looking for the opportune time to be a minister. I'm looking for an opportune time, God, to share the gospel. I'm looking, not now. They asked me that question, but not now. There's other people around. Well, maybe those other people need to hear it too. It may be inopportune to you, but it may be the right time for them. So go past the inconvenience and into what God has. See, people have to feel like in their, in their life, they have to feel like they, they belong before they're going to believe what you say. And if you won't take that opportunity to involve them, if you won't take that opportunity to let them know that you care. See, people want, people want to know that you care more than they want to know what you believe. But once they know you care, then they're open to hear what you believe. How many of you know? I mean, you don't think people really listen to you or do anything, but when they're in trouble, who do they come ask to pray? They know you care. And now when they're in that moment, they know you care, so they're open to what you believe. Come pray for me. Jesus helped the disciples belong well before they ever believed what he said. They were all doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs. You know, I mean, they're all fishermen. They're all, they all got jobs. But God called them and said, now you're going to be fishers of men. They said, okay. Well, they didn't even know who this guy was, but he made them feel like they belonged in what he was doing. Are you someone that makes somebody feel better when you show up or when you leave? Are you making people feel like they belong? Or are you making people feel bad about who they are in the situations and circumstances they find themselves in? One of the stories that he tells in his book is, is, is pretty powerful, and it's an experience that he had. You know, in the beginning of the book, he talks about this night that he spent on the streets talking to people who live on the streets who are homeless, spending time with them. I mean, he dressed the part, smelled the part, put stuff, he had dirt all over himself. He, he went out incognito. He was going out not as Pastor Matthew Barnett, but as just everybody's everyday guy who's down on his luck and who's had a hard time. And he, and he went out there, and he, and he was doing all of these things, you know, through the evening that they do. And, and one of the parts that God had told him that he needed to do was to go out and to get his cup and his sign and go out there and panhandle and try to raise a little cash. And he said, he said it was probably the most humiliating experience of his life. He said it was the hardest thing and the worst thing that he'd ever had to do. Not, not to do it, but the way that people treated him when he did. He said, he, said he, was, he was a pariah on society. I mean, he, he was the lowest of the low. I mean, people, 
people talked bad about him. They said mean things. They pushed him out of the way. They told him to go get a job. I mean, they were always just speaking down to him and telling him how horrible he is. And I, I mean, there are people all over the place, maybe not in that situation, but you don't need to talk down to people. We need to lift people up. He said, that's a, it's, it's no wonder that there's a whole group of people in society today who feel worthless because people have gone around their whole lives telling them they're worthless. Get a job. Do all these kinds of things. I mean, he constantly speaking down. He said, I had to fight not feeling that way, and I'm a pastor of a huge church. And he said, I was in that position, man. And he said, I felt that oppression that was coming from all the people who were around me. See, people need to feel like they belong in what's going on before they're going to believe what you say. People come in the doors here. People come in your, your life, whether it's at work or, or down the street or in your neighborhood. Are you speaking the right things about them and their life and their situation? Are you going past the line of inconvenience to minister to them and their need and in their place? Not trying to push them down for who they are and what they are, but trying to lift them up for who Christ called them to be and what he called you to do as a help in their life. So are you picking them up? There's a ripple effect that as you throw out a rock into a pond, it doesn't just make a mark where it hits the water. That ripple effect goes all the way out throughout the whole pond. The things and the actions and the words that you speak, the things that you're doing in your job and in your place of business and all those different, different spots, the way that you're walking out in this passion and this cause that God's put in your heart to help people no matter what that is, I don't know for you. But as you do those things, you're throwing those stones into those, th- into those ponds. And that, that person is a pond. And when that thing hits in there, it begins to ripple on the outs. They begin to make a difference in somebody else's life. And then they begin to make a difference in somebody else's life. And this works good or bad. You could be the one who's casting the stone at somebody. Now, see, that thing has a ripple effect, too. Now, they feel like they're nothing. They tell their kids they're nothing, and those kids tell their kids they're nothing, and now you've got a whole generation of people who feel worthless and feel like nothing because somebody has reinforced that in their life. Reinforce the good. Be the ripple effect for the better. Be speaking the Word of God into the life of the people that you come in contact with because your life, just like we talked about a little bit last week, I put it back on your list today, your life is a seed that you plant. You have to be the one who plants your life as a seed. You have to be the one who says, I'll get past inconvenience in my life and just do it just because. I'll do it because God said. I'll do it if nobody else does it. I'll do it if it costs me everything that I have. I'm just going to do what God tells me to do today. Period. You say, well, I got a lot of needs. I got a lot of stuff. Yep, we all got a lot of needs. We all got a lot of stuff. I got bills. You got bills. I got kids. You got kids. I got a wife and a family. You've got a wife or a husband and a family. I mean, we all do. We all have things that are going on. But will we get past those things and into everything that God has? Because I found in my life, you find in your life as well, as you've moved past that line of inconvenience, you've seen God's hand move in some area of your life in some way. But just like me, you come up to the next line of inconvenience. We, we do that in, in steps, <laughs> you know. I go this far with God, and then it stops because that's just not, that's not convenient anymore. Come on, God, I've given you everything else. Can I not just come on? Seriously? And then you step over that line eventually after you've gone around the mountain a few times. But then you draw another line. What God wants you to do is take the marker out of your hands. <laughs> quit drawing lines. You know, quit telling God where you won't go. Quit telling God what you won't do. Quit telling God where you're not going to live. See, quit telling God what you're not going to say. And just say, okay, God, I'll do everything. If you try to do everything that God tells you to if you try to empty yourself out, if you try to give every last bit of effort and gift and talent and money and word, and if you try to give it all away, you cannot outgive God. 
As you do that, he will pour those things back into your life in ways that are unmeasurable and from places that you didn't know existed. That's the way he works. You have to plant your life. Now, here's a statistic, and this is, I mean, this is a pretty normal deal. Half, half of all adults, and you look around, there's a lot of people in here. Half of all adults really, truly believe that, that, that they're still trying to understand or still seeking to find their purpose or their meaning for life. Half of all adults. So look around you. I mean, you're two people. <laughs> the person next to you is half. Ask them why they're still looking. No, I'm just... <laughs> but, you know, I mean... <laughs> all right, Sandy, what's up? Just me and you. There's two of us. <laughs> but, you know, like... like now, not in this church, man. We're all rocking and rolling. We're headed in the right direction. But when you get to work tomorrow, you know, half of those people are still trying to figure out what their purpose or what their meaning or their ultimate purpose for their lives are. Three out of four adults or three out of four people say they want to make a difference. I want to make a difference, but I don't know how. Get involved. I want to make a difference, but I don't want to do that. Then you're in trouble. See, you're beginning to draw a line and telling God what you won't do. Well, that's not convenient. That's no fun. Be a bus driver. Be a van driver. No, we don't want to do that. Why not? I thought you wanted to make a difference. Oh, but I don't think that's what it is. I haven't prayed about it. Jesus' name, amen. There, you're done. Now get in the van. <laughs> you know, pray about it. Whatever, man. I'm telling you, then if, okay, you go home and you pray about it. And if you can still come back and tell me God said you weren't supposed to drive a van, then tell me what he did say. See, if, you, if you're so quick to tell me that God said, you know, I haven't prayed about, maybe I should be involved in that area, then what would you pray about God told you to be involved in? Because God told you to be involved in something. Now, it doesn't have to be here. be nice if it was, but it doesn't have to be here. We've got a lot of stuff happening, man. We've got a lot of people. We've got a lot of things going on. But God's telling you to be involved somewhere. Somewhere past where you are. Somewhere past what you can do. Somewhere past what you can afford, time-wise, money-wise, intellectually, education-wise. I mean, it's past where you are, but he's asking you to be involved somewhere in all that. See, God always partners with people in his venture for them. Not in your vision or venture for him. God partners with you in his venture and vision for you. Not in your vision and venture for him. Too many of us are waiting to make things right and saying, God, if you'll just get involved with me here in this area, I know we can make a big difference. And God says, well, I don't doubt that because I'm involved. But if you just come over here and get involved in what I want you to be involved with, you'll make even a bigger difference than what you think is possible in your deal. But that's so inconvenient. That's Monday night mentoring. Monday night's my night. My shows is on. I can't be missing my shows. <laughs> Get DVR and watch it some other time. I'm still trying to watch all the shows, you know. I've been gone for two weeks. They don't have TV in the Sudan. I, I didn't get to see my shows. CSI is not on in Ye, South Sudan. I mean, it's a big show, top of the ratings, but it's not on in Sudan for some reason. I didn't even see a TV. So for two weeks, man, I've been trying to catch up on all my stuff. But get hooked up in his venture. See, get hooked up in his vision. Here's another thought for you, too, as we kind of move on. I know you keep looking at your notes. Don't worry. I'll, I'll stop on time, but I won't hit any of that. That's just because I've got to give you something in the morning to go home with, and you can have your own Bible study time with that, but... 
Here's, that's true. Somebody said it's true. It is true. It's all right. That, I'm just giving you stuff to go home and meditate, man. That's a good word on there. Lots of scriptures. I, I went back back to first service and thought, I don't even think I talked about a scripture. I don't even know if that's... Can that do that in church? I don't know. I should say something. But here's another thought. And this thought came to me yesterday. I thought it was fantastic. God spoke to me and said, why, why don't we go nonprofit in our life? See, why? Because the church is a nonprofit organization. There are other organizations that are nonprofit organizations, meaning that everything that's supposed to come in the door is supposed to go out the door. Then why don't we, as the body of Christ and as the church, why don't we live our lives nonprofit? Why do we have to be for profit? Now, don't go out and tell the tax guy, hey, I'm nonprofit now. I don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying, it's a mentality. <laughs> it's a mentality that says, I, you know what? I'm going to go nonprofit in my life. I'm not going to. See? I'm not, going to pl- I'm not going to worry about what, me having a little extra, me making... Now, I'm not saying don't go save. You know, I mean, be led by the Spirit in what you're doing because I believe God might be telling you to save something and your tire blow out and you got money for it. I mean, I, I don't want to you know, dismiss God, but I'm just saying everybody is so concerned and worried about what they got so that they can survive the next day, the next day, and the next day and so that when they retire on this earth, they're going to have enough so that they can live the kind of life that they want at 70 years old. Why don't we spend our time, efforts, energy, and money in investing in the things that we're going to do eternally? See, the place where we're going to live forever. You're only going to be on this earth for a short period of time. And the only, get this now, the only time you can invest in your eternity, the only time that you can invest in your heavenly retirement is while you're here on earth. Amen. See, we all want to get to heaven. Why? If you ain't doing nothing here, heaven's going to be all right, but come on. If you're doing something here, you're planting your life and you're planting everything that you have and what God's told you to do, then you can, man, you can be, you can be like fired up. Amen. Now, I'm not saying don't be fired up to go to heaven. Please hear me. But I'm saying you can't start investing. How, how late would it be? Like you're like 65 years old, 67 years old, and you go to the guy and say, I need to start a retirement account. That guy will say, sell your house and go out and spend all your money. Because you have no hope of saving for retirement. 67, what are you going to do? Put back 50 bucks? I mean, you're just a couple short years from, from being there. But see, you're in eternity with the Father. And the only time you can invest in that is while you're here. Why? So if you're 20 years old, if you're 22 years old, man, you've got to start thinking. Think about retirement. Not here. Think about retirement there. See, think about pouring all you are into what God has, into his retirement account for you. Because, see, you may be a servant on this earth for 80 years, but you're going to be a king's kid for the rest of your life up there. So pour yourself out and see what God's got for you. Go nonprofit. See what God wants to do. Will you lay down your life and say, okay, man, whatever it is. I mean, really seriously, really seriously, try to empty yourself out in this earth, in this life. Try it. See if, it, see if it's possible. See if you can't go and you can't take all the word that you've heard over the last six months and you can't give it away to somebody. You can't find somebody to disciple, somebody to share with, somebody to talk with. You can't pray with somebody. You can't stand the gap. I mean, you can pour it all out. See if, see if in, in, in six months, man, you still, you're gone. You're depleted and you're wasted away. Or see if you're not so reinforced at that point, you're a completely different person. Try to outgive God in your finances. Try to say, okay, God, man, I'll, I'll put you to the test here. I'll do whatever you say to do. Give five bucks. Five bucks. 
What about you? I don't care. I'm just going to do it. I, I don't care. I don't want to just try to give it. I just, I just want to give everything. I want to give myself, give myself away. Think you can do it? You're going to have to get past the line of inconvenience. You're going to have to get past that line that says, boy, I'd really like a $5 foot long. But I just gave my $5 away. Yeah, see, I know I'm, I'm headed right there, aren't I? See, you got to go with the $5 footlong. You got to get that meatball sub. I got to get it, man. It's like that's my lunch. I can't, you know. That's the way it is. God's hitting you where you live today. Subway. Just saying, you need two Diet Cokes. Take them. Right? I mean, you wanted two Diet You said, oh, there's some Diet Cokes in here. I borrowed a couple Diet Take the rest of them. I don't care. Whew, that's hard to do too, man. I mean, I was, I was out. <laughs> I mean, I was like, come on, God, seriously, my Diet Coke? I mean, even my Diet Coke. I was like, ah. I went to every refrigerator in the place. There was no Diet Coke in this building either. I thought, man, why did I give those away? Well, God said, just let her take them. What are you attached to? See, what are you attached to? The things that you're attached to, the things that you're afraid to lose are the things that are the treasure of your heart. It says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. My treasure is not in Diet Coke. You can take them. I did go home and found four in the fridge, though, so I was good to go, man. I was like, there's nothing else, man. But I was like, whoa, look down there. Yes. Got double. God gives back double. And they were doubles, too. They were 24 ounces. So it was like getting, it was like getting eight of them. It was like getting eight. One of them's in the car right now. I'm going to drink it on my way down to the art show here in a little bit. I'm just being real. I mean, I, I live with you. I, I live where you live. I see the same people you see. God asked me to do the same things that he asked you to do. We're no different. If he's asking me, I know he's asking you. I better pass the test if I expect you to pass the test. And I do know this, though. If we'll all do that, boy, they'll rocket this place to the moon. People will be getting lives changed, blessed, filled with the Holy Ghost, saved. This man, it'll just be the wildest place you ever did want to be. And you won't even care that you had to come on a Thursday night to hear testimony night. Because you had one to share. Huh? You'd want to come if you had one to share. Wouldn't you? I mean, you'd want to come to church on testimony night if you had a testimony. Then come to church when you don't have one. See, come in here and be praying for somebody else to have. See, be praying for your neighbor. Be praying for the person. Have a testimony that says, I don't know what I did, but I gave up my subway for a week, and I gave it to this dude, and I prayed for him, and he, his wife said that she loves him again and that they're not going to get divorced, and that's my testimony, and it had nothing to do with me, and I lost three pounds because I didn't eat Subway subs all week. So it was, there's my blessing. Huh? I mean, there's good in there. That Jared dude, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's fake, man. You can't be eating like meatball subways all the time and lose weight. Ain't no way. I mean, if you go walk to the store, buy the sub, put it in the trash, and then walk home, maybe you might lose all that weight because, you know, but I, I just something about all that bread that just doesn't go right with me, I, you know. But see, talk, talk, talk is cheap. We all talk a good game. Yes, praise God. See, we all talk a good game. We all, we all can say that, man, this is what God showed me. This is what he's asked me to do. And, and we, man, we talk about those little victories all the time. This time, see, when it was really convenient and it was just me and this person and they said something and I reached out and said, in Jesus' name, and it was good. And that's great. But it was all convenient. 
It was all like, now I believe God will lead you in steps and he'll lead you in places. And, but I'm telling you, some of y'all have been around a long time. It's time to get inconvenient. Because you've done all the convenient stuff. You know, I mean, you've done all the convenient things. Now you want to get wild with God. You want to take it to the next level. Start getting inconvenient. Start getting past you. Start getting past what you can handle and what you can do. So I can handle that. Well, then that's not for you. Give it to somebody else. Let's go get something you can't handle. I'm always real careful. I don't say that. <laughs> when God tells me something, I'm like, yes, sir, boy, it's going to be tough. <laughs> Woo, I hope you're with me. Because <laughs> as soon as I go, oh, that's good, man, I can do that. That's gone now. And there's something else. See, now, you, you have to be who God called you to be. There's got to be a passion. There's got to be a desire. There's got to be these things on the inside of you. This is easy for me. I mean, it's God. I mean, it's definitely God. But I, I, I can do this. You turn a microphone on or put a camera up or do whatever. I, I can do this. I don't know why. I don't know how. But I've got, a, I've got a real heart and a real passion to help people discover you have a gift. You have a talent. God wants to use you in this earth for something. So I want to implore you. I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. And I want to see you be all that God wants you to be. I want to pour everything that I have into you, into your life, so that you can go do that. I don't care what happens to me. God takes care of me. So you're like, well, I can't be what he is. Well, who knows? Go be who you are. I don't want you to be like me. Oof. My wife was here. Thank goodness she's in Florida. She'd tell you, you don't want to be like him. <laughs> Both my girls, man, they just up and leave me hanging with Daniel. Me, Daniel, and two dogs, and then he leaves me. I don't do well on my own. I like to have people around. So I'm like, I mean, I was gone for two weeks, honey. You're going to leave for five days? That's more than we've ever been apart, really, in our whole life. I'll come to your house. I'll go hang out with Mike. He's all, Mike's always got a house, low. He's always got people in and out of there hanging out. See, where's the deal? Happiness. People say, well, I don't want to go, Pat, and it's not going to be. Happiness isn't some place, you know, that it's not something that you find. It's not something that you end up in. Happiness isn't found. Happiness is created when you live for him. See, if you'll take faith and you'll take works and you'll mix them all together and you'll follow after him and his will for your life, if you follow this passion and this cause that he's put on the inside of you, you'll, you'll be happy. You won't find happy. You'll be happy. You don't wait five years and end up in your dream. Every day you live your dream. Every day. Every day you get to get up. Next week we get to talk about living intentionally. That every day I get to wake up and be who God called me to be but you don't know who I live with. God gave them to you. I've said that a few times. I talk about the good things these guys do. We don't fill you in on all the places where we're praying all night. I mean, come on. You get to, I told the first, you get to come to church. Don't tell people, oh, I'd like to do that, but I have to go to church. Go do that then. Really? I mean, go oh, now, please come to church, <laughs> you know, but hear what I'm saying. You get to come to church. We get to praise God. We get to worship. Worship was a little long today. Was no, it wasn't. It wasn't long enough. Woo. Well, that offering song, I don't know if I like, hey, it was a good one. We'll sing two next time. All oh, the offering messages is just a little long. Listen, maybe God's trying to teach you something. 
See, you get to be, you get to be involved in what God's doing. When you have to, then you're drawing a line. I have to go to church. Now it's an inconvenience to go to church. I mean, see, what, what happens, that line begins to encroach. If you, don't, if you don't go the other direction, if you don't go over it, it begins to encroach on who you are. And then that line of inconvenience begins to buckle you up over here somewhere. See, before it was just, yeah, I wasn't real comfortable and it was inconvenient to go out at night maybe and minister to somebody that needed to go pray for somebody at the hospital or go talk to somebody about Jesus in my work. I mean, some, you know, you were up to that point. But when you say no to that, that line, well, the devil keeps pushing that line back on you. Now, all of a sudden, you have to go to church. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I had to give $5. God loves a cheerful giver. And then all of a sudden, man, he's like, you see, all of a sudden, you're way over here and that other line where you were is, I mean, it's pushed you clear back here. Success is obedience to your calling. Go after that. Go after that passion. Go after that cause. Go after that desire on the inside of you. Open up to what God has. You'd be surprised what he'll do. Well, I look different, act different, smell different, am different. Whatever, man, we're all different. God's got the right people for you. Think about that ripple effect. Stop thinking about you and start thinking about the people on the other line, other side of your line of inconvenience. What's going to happen to them? Jensen Franklin goes this far in one of his messages. I don't know if I'm ready to go this far or not, so don't hold me against this. But he, he, he says, look, you are tied to people in your life to witness to, to, to minister to, to reach out to, to pray for, to bring them into the kingdom of God. And, and if you don't do that because you refuse to make it match my message, if you won't go past that line of inconvenience, then whose blood is that those people's on? Whose hands? Whew, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm just saying. Opened up my eyes. Made me think a little bit. See, made me think about the people that are attached over there, the people that are attached to me on the other side of my line of inconvenience. And am I going to allow inconvenience to keep me from? See, am I going to allow inconvenience to keep them from being all they want to be, all God called them to be because I'm, I'm too inconvenienced? See, it costs too much. The cost is, the cost is if, you've got a, if you've got a great gift out there, the cost is expensive. The cost of this, I'm telling you, the cost of this, don't read the book if you don't want to, don't want to pay the price because the, there's a big price. The price is your life and saying, okay, none of me. But I'm telling you what, the reward on the other side of that price is unbelievable. Amen. Here where you live and in heaven. Amen. But we have to be the one who does that. We start talking about fear. We start talking about things. We start worrying about what's going to happen to us and what's going to happen to our family and what's going to happen to us. If I, if I tithe, like God says, what's going to happen to me? God's going to bless you. That's what's going to happen to you. God's going to open up the window of heaven and part of blessing that you cannot contain. Well, I haven't seen that yet because you ain't tithed. I mean, how hard is that? I mean, everybody loves the lovely. How hard would that be if God poured out a big chunk and asked you to give some? But it says if you'll give some, he'll pour out a big chunk. So now you go try to figure that out yourself. I've had to come to that revelation no different than any of you. I've had to say, okay, man, I'll give 10%, 11%, 12%. I'm not going to tell you what percent, but it's a lot percent. A lot more than I ever thought was possible percent. And it's going up again. Why? I don't know. God said, keep giving. Give more. Give more. And I've never had more in my life. Don't ask me how it works. Don't tell me it won't work for you. It's the word of God. It works for all of us. It won't work for you if you don't do it. But if you will, it will. I'm telling you, it'll knock your socks off what God will do. Woo! Homeboy's going to have no debt when he leaves school. I mean, come on. 
Now, he's part of that. He wanted in. He wanted in. He started figuring out, that kid makes a lot of money. I have to, I have to fight being upset. I want to get back rent from him. I found out how much he makes. I said, hey, hold on a minute. He's like, yeah, I'll go ahead and pay you for next year up front. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Come back here. Daddy thought you were struggling. <laughs> Let's sit down and go over these finances a little bit. <laughs> You've lived in my basement how long? <laughs> but he wanted in, man. He wanted in, and he knew it wasn't about paying for school. He knew it was about planting seed. He stood up here on a Sunday and told everybody in the congregation, I realized my sister gave more than me, and she didn't have a job. And he said, God spoke to me and told me, if I want to see the things, I've got to get involved, and I've got to be a part of what he's doing, and I've got to tithe. I've got to give the way. He has an orphan. He pays his 50 bucks a month for his orphan on top of his tithe and all of his stuff. I got his giving statement at the end of the year, and I said, sit down. Did you really tithe? Uh-huh. 10%. Uh-huh. I'm a math guy. You owe me rent because you gave a lot of money. You gave a lot of money to church. But he, I mean, he said, I'm in, I'm in, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give. We've, have you ever had to try to stop your kids from being faith kids? Oh, don't pray for them. It's all right. They won't, it's okay, honey. Don't pray. No, Daddy, they need to be prayed for. They need healing. She's always giving her stuff away. She's giving her things away, giving her money away, planting seed all over the place. I'm like, oh, sweetie, come on. Why did you take out this much money out of your ATM? I had to give, Daddy. Well, yeah, but you didn't make that much. She said, yeah, but I got big need. I got a big need. She's smarter than me. Thank God she, thank God she was on this, this deal. I'm glad she got hooked up on this confession thing. I'm trying to tell her, don't plant seed, baby. It's all right. What am I You're planting too much, honey. She knows her daddy pay for her. I mean, she knows daddy takes care of her, just, but she knows God takes care of her. See, that's her daddy. She, know, she knows. She give away everything. We always had to try to kind of keep her from doing it, but we watch her, man. She'll be slipping 20s to people, not at church in the offering bucket, but she'll be doing it wherever she went. She had a ministry at, at, at Klondike at lunchtime. She, we had to keep putting extra money on her card. We kept saying, you, pos- you can't possibly eat this much food. <laughs> I mean, <that's, laughs> she come home, I need, I need some more money on my card. I'm thinking, I gave you like twice what it costs to have lunch there every week. And she's like, I know, but there's these kids. There's these kids, and they didn't have anything that day, man. So I swipe my eye. She stands in line, swipes the card for them as they go. And I'm thinking, well, that's really good of you, but that's my money. So I, I don't know how you get in on my seed, but whatever that is, I want a little part of that. But see, but what we see is this. We see this, this result that's years later. We see this result. That, I mean, that was when she was 10. That was when she was 8. We see the result when Daniel was 2. He's walking around with Pop, straightening chairs, wanting to be like Pop, wanting to be a part of what's going on, hanging around in the church, hanging around in children's church, being here all the time, getting the idea, bringing their offerings, sacrificing, not getting a toy so somebody else can have one. I mean, when what we see is, you know, 10 years down the road. What you see in my life, man, we're talking 20 years down the road. I've been, I mean, we've been living on the other line of inconvenience, I mean, for a long time. But if we never would have crossed, we, we'd still be back. It would have pushed us all the way back to nothing. Don't be afraid of failure. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fails somewhere along the way. Failing makes you a failure a little bit like making a layup makes you an NBA star. We can all make a layup. None of us are NBA stars. We all fail. None of you are failures. None. None. 
Don't believe that. Made too many mistakes. Get back up. Though I fall, I shall arise. Get back up one more time than you fell down. You're going to be successful. But you have to choose to act. Peter had to be the one who stood up that day and spoke that word at Pentecost. Peter had to be the one that said, get me out of the boat. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Well, he was impetuous. Yeah, but he got things. He saw things. He did things. God moved. He walked on water. Anybody else? See, get out there on that other line. See, get past the line of inconvenience in your life and see what God won't do. He'll change you. He'll absolutely change you. Because the potential is there. It's on the inside of you. Potential is something that exists in possibility. It's the capability of something becoming possible or actual in your life. That, that's what it is. You have the capacity to be and do all God created you to be and do. Not the possibility to do anything you want. Now, I know it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but it also says in First John that you need to ask according to his will for your life. Because I said I could fly a lot, and I've never flown. Not in a plane. I want to fly like a bird. <laughs> Elizabeth told me just the other day about a guy in a squirrel suit. They have these flying squirrel suits, and they said you can jump off of a cliff, and you can fly. And she said you go about 160 miles an hour. And then I said, whoa, somewhere the ground comes. And you can't, what, how do they, don't tell me how they fly. Tell me how they land. Because that's more important than how they fly. I've said for a long time I want to fly. I've shared this story a bunch of times. I mean, I would love, I mean, I like close my eyes and think, okay, God, man, if I could just fly, that would just be awesome. And I ain't never left the ground. Apparently, God didn't intend for me to fly. If he would, he would have given me feathers or something. But I can be, I can be what God called me to be here in this place. I can be all that God called me to be. It's going to be beyond me, but I can be all that God called me to be here. I can be all that he called me to be in, in my life, in my family, and in this church, and in what he called me to do in this city, in this country, and around the world. I can do all of that, and that's big stuff. That's better than flying. Close, but it's better. See, what has he told you? What has he promised? Don't go try to be in somebody else's field. Don't go try to be in somebody else's thing. Don't go looking on somebody else's fence. It always seems greener over there until you get over there and figure out it's because it's full of manure. That's why it's green. It's a whole yard full of dog poop. <laughs> and you just thought it was just cuz. Daniel and his entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, I can't tell because yes, somebody might go do it. You're right. You better not. Anyway, it has to do with dog poop and Annabelle, and I'll just leave it at that, but it's not going over well. <clears throat> we tried with rage, and it did not work well. So uh, we're trying with Annabelle, see if it'll work. Eventually, those little, those little kids that live with her, too, they might try it, those boys. They might get in it. Right. <laughs> Be open to what God has for you, even if it includes dog duty. You never know, Belle. That could be the way out. That could be your scholarship. Your due is my dues. That may be the thing. You're, you're a freshman. You only got three years. You better get out there and start scooping. <laughs> but you can, you, can do, you can do this. You can, you, can be, you can be this. You can get past that line. Well, I don't have the, I don't have the education. I don't have the finances. I don't, you got something. Just go over the line. <laughs> Just go. 
Now, I'm not saying do something rash. I mean, be led by the Spirit. But what I'm saying is don't, don't let that hold you back. Don't let the lack of something hold you back. You see, here's the deal. The sweet spot for you in your life is where your passion and where your gifts intersect with your contribution. See, if you don't take your passion, if you don't take your gifts and then intersect that with your contribution, your action, faith without works is dead, then you just got a lot of talk. But as you begin to step out in that thing, then all those things all hit at the same time. This passion on the inside of you that you want to do this or you feel to do this or something rises up and makes your eyes water when this video comes on or when this thing's shown and when this song is sung and you feel like these people are the ones that God's called you to talk to or this group of people or this person or, and you have it on the inside of you and there's some gifts and you think, well, I kind of maybe could try to do that, but I don't, man, I just don't know. But then as you step out across that line of inconvenience, all of a sudden your contribution then sparks the thing that takes your gifts and your passion and God puts it together. And somebody else's life is changed. Yours too. Yours too. But see, you weren't concerned about that, were you? You left it. You left it on the other side. Leave you on the other side of inconvenience and go into what God has for you in your life. I tell you, today's a day. It's a day for you to, 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 to make this all work. Sometimes you've got to get radical if you're going to get right. So why don't you stand up here with me? I got a few more things to share with you and then we'll pray. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.